Welcome back to Living a Whole Christian Life. This is Dr. Jim Schrader. Hope you're having a great week. And no matter where you are, I hope that there's increased sun and warmth coming your way. So this week, we're going to continue our series on inlets of our soul. As we talked about before, inlets are those habits, those particular behaviors that really renew or rejuvenate us. They give us strength and they kind of help us grow and reflect as we go further in our life. We've talked a lot about inlets already at this point. You know, I told the story about Isle Royale and my early stages of backpacking. And I think one of the things that comes through about inlets is that they do require energy. They do require effort to really cultivate them in our lives. And some people might ask, you know, why, why would we spend all the time to do this? It's understandable. I mean, people recognize that we need to be healthy and it's important to find ourselves in, in a good psychological state and physical state. But I think people may say to ourselves, say to, to me, even thinking about this idea, why, why would we really spend the time and effort to do this? So to this question, I, I think I offer three primary areas of consideration about why inlets are so important. And by the way, much of this material that we talk about here is from my book, Holiness with a WH, The Unified Pursuit of Health, Harmony, Happiness, and Heaven. So what we often find in our lives is that even with great intent, we fall away from the person that we want to be, right? The spirit that lives within inside of us seems increasingly withdrawn, increasingly not available to the whole person that we desire. So one of the first reasons that inlets are so important is they help preserve our physical, psychological, and spiritual state. That without them, we really, in lacking that source of renewal, lacking that kind of healthy adventure or creativity, we often find ourselves physically worn down, whether it's you know increased weight gain, decreased cardiac functioning, increased blood pressure. Psychologically, we may find ourselves increasingly just irritable and edgy, or, or we struggle to get out of kind of negative mood states. We just don't feel like ourselves over and over in that way. And so, you know, one of the reasons I think that inlets are so critical in our lives is they help just keep us, honestly, in a healthy place, in a place that we can really take on whatever challenges or roles that we're called to. But the second reason I believe inlets are so critical in our lives is that without those present, our relationships often suffer, that people begin to feel more and more bitter and irritable that they never feel like they have the time to do things to increase the capacity of themselves and rejuvenate themselves. And so unintentionally, what happens over time, and I know that we've all felt this in one way or another, but as we don't cultivate those inlets, increasingly, we take out that frustration on others. Even very faithful people, even those of us who are trying to live in a good way and try to be kind, find ourselves, as we bury the frustrations of life without a way to allow them to free themselves in a more healthy state, it leads to almost boiling over at times. It leads to kind of almost sometimes a sense of explosiveness. And so our relationships suffer as well as ourselves without good inlets that we develop. The third, and just as equally important or even maybe most important, is that inlets are ways to help us not be tempted by unhealthy options that we may see in our lives, that may be present around us. And, and oftentimes, again, we don't desire these options to blow off steam or decrease the edge, but they're just available to us and it's hard to resist them. And we've all found ourselves in these areas at one time or another, but the more that we're there, the more unhealthy it really becomes for us, you know, our families, even our communities in general. So it might be something like overeating or it might be smoking or using drugs or it might be gambling or it might be addicted to screens or pornography. It might just be gaming all the time in ways that we know aren't healthy. 
And in some ways, some of the habits, for example, eating, I mean, it's it's a great gift that God gives us, but we might something, use something like food in an increasingly unhealthy way. And so what happens over time is that we are tempted to live in ways that are just not what we desire, right? They just are different. They take us in pathways that we wish we wouldn't find ourselves. And that's where cultivating inlets is so important because in some ways, these unhealthy temptations provide, again, that immediate release. They provide maybe even some intrigue or adventure that we desire, but we desire it in a different way. And so inlets can, can help us sustain that in such a more healthy way. The other thing we have to remember is that oftentimes we're not only tempted by things that we don't want, but these temptations lead to addictions. And increasingly, science is finding that behavioral addiction to something like gambling or screens very much neurologically looks like substance addiction. We start to develop, for example, tolerance, that we need more and more of something to feel like we've got our fix. Or, you know, we we feel withdrawal effects. Psychologically, we feel increasingly anxious when we're not doing that particular habit. We feel on edge when we pull away. And even the reward centers in our brain that are rewarded by things like cocaine or alcohol, what we're finding is that these behavioral addictions to the internet or to gambling reward us actually in very similar ways. So this is the slippery slope that we live on if we don't cultivate healthy sources of adventure and renewal. But we don't let that spirit come out with from within us in a positive way. Years ago, Nikita Duncan and Philip Zimbardo published a book that was originally under the title of Demise of Guys. I, I think they were probably pushed to change that because it sounded quite negative in many ways. But what they were finding is they were going through a lot of different polls they were doing with thousands of individuals. They came across, there was a question that was asked, so why do you use pornography? And I think, you know, if we're very real about pornography today, and we'll talk more about this as we go further, you know, it really, it's a huge public health crisis. In, in 17 states, it's actually been declared officially as a public health crisis. Pornography outgrosses NBC and ABC and CBS combined. So pornography is something that's very real today. But they were asking, and it was actually a a sample about 75% men, why do you use pornography on a regular basis? And not surprisingly, the number one answer was to fulfill sexual needs, I guess sexual needs that were unfulfilled or, or desires in that way. But a very, very close second to that first answer was that guys primarily said, we use it to blow off steam that pornography is just a way to kind of take the edge off from a difficult day. And if you're sitting here, and certainly if you're one of those individuals, I think that you we just have to reflect on the fact that very few people would ever say, I really desire to use pornography to take the edge off, right, to blow off steam. I don't think there's very many people who honestly really want it to be that way. But so often, the things that are available to us that are easily accessible that provide a sense of intrigue or arousal or whatever are the things that we fall into if we don't cultivate more healthy inlets in our lives. I would argue that when God developed this world and he gave us so many things in the natural way, I mean, think about all the things that this planet is tuned perfectly to do. Gravity is just perfectly orchestrated to allow a golf ball to fly into the air and come down in a way that you could play golf or throw a Frisbee, right? Or do anything that involves flying in the air. That our planet is perfectly orchestrated and we are perfectly orchestrated to do so many things um, that are create great beauty, right? And provide all sorts of adventure. 
I really believe in so many ways that God said, look, I'm giving you this planet here. I'm giving you this space um, so that you can enjoy it, right? That you can find, not just find me in this space, but find yourself and find yourself every day in different ways and simple ways, whether in your home or outside your home or in faraway places, that you can find that renewal that you're looking for. You can find that adventure, even if you're 84 years old, you can still find that adventure out there if you're willing to spend the time and if you're willing to kind of push through some of the obstacles and, and find greater meaning in the struggles and the pain. And so, you know, I, I come back to this idea as we round out this, this series on inlets, as we round out this idea on in letting out the spirit within, there are two pretty remarkable quotes that I'm going to give you here today. And I think that many of you may have heard these, but some of you may not. The first comes from actually the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And I want us to consider what's being said here. And we'll talk about this a little bit more. So the quote here from the Catechism says, quote, the human body shares in the dignity of, quote, the image of God. It is a human body precisely because it's animated by a spiritual soul. And it's the whole human person that is intended to become in the body of Christ, a temple of the spirit. Man, through mode of body and soul, is a unity. Wow. Now, I'm not a theologian, um, you know, and I certainly have limited, you know, spiritual religious training. But when you listen to that, it sounds remarkable. In some ways, it sounds actually pretty humbling. And if you're like me, it sounds a little bit intimidating. But here it is describing that we as a whole human person are not only animated by our own spiritual soul, but that the body of Christ, the temple, we are the temple of his spirit, you know, capital S right there. And so, you know, again, no matter where you are in your faith belief, if you consider what's said there, and, and if we would say, you know, we believe that there's truth in this idea, it's remarkable that that spirit, not only our spirit, but his spirit would exist inside of us. And that we, body and soul, are a unity. And it speaks to just an incredible, incredible potential that lies within us. But in many ways, it asks of us, what are we doing to renew our spirit? And what are we doing to preserve this temple of not only our body, but his, his body, right? His spirit. So the second verse I want us to think about here as we talk about that inlet of our soul is this. And this comes from St. Paul in his letter to the Romans in verse 9 through 13. So you are in the Spirit, if only the Spirit of God dwells in you. If the Spirit of the one who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, the one who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal body also, through his Spirit that dwells in you. So once again, we're back to this idea that it's, it's this co-union, it's this union of spirit and body our spirit, our soul, and his spirit. And, you know, I think about this. I heard these verses, I heard these ideas years ago. Consider what this is really saying to us. It's pretty incredible. And why I bring it up as we're talking here about the inlets of our soul is that one of the prime, I would say, calls of our life is to allow our authenticity, to allow our spirit to come alive. St. Irenaeus once said that the glory of God is the idea that we are coming fully alive, that we're striving to flourish. And in order to flourish, 
we certainly can't just be run down and over and over, day in and day out, kind of just go through the motions. There's a constant need for resurrection, right? In many ways, if we think about it as we're actually in the Easter season right now, as I'm doing this, we are in need of constant resurrection in our lives. We think the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and we think of this season, but the reality is that we're constantly not only in need of renewal, but resurrection. We often feel that we die to ourselves in many different roles. We feel that we fail in many different ways. We go into dark corners, and we go into places that we don't want to be. And we don't suffer a physical death necessarily until the end of our lives, but we certainly suffer oftentimes what feels like a psychological death or a spiritual death. And so we're looking for resurrection. And so within this idea of this merge of body and spirit, I think ultimately what we're called to do is we're called to move away from the distractions and the temptations and really seek out those things that enhance and that glorify God by glorifying the spirit that lives within us. I want to end what I I mentioned last week a little bit, which is the model that I think most resonates here, which is the model of Jesus himself and his work on this earth. You know, it's, it's really interesting if you think about in the Bible, how many times Jesus during his ministry pulled away from the people that he loved. He pulled away from even the places that he loved. And he went into the desert. He went into the wilderness. He went away. He went in the natural world to pray, to be silent. We don't even know. Maybe he just went to walk sometimes. We, we don't really know exactly what went on. But we do know is that this person, both human and fully divine, even he needed to find a sense of renewal. Even he needed to find a sense of rejuvenation through all that was going on. And if he needs that, and if he modeled that throughout the Bible— then wouldn't we prioritize that in our own lives? Wouldn't we recognize that if the Son of God needed to pull away and disconnect and find renewal, I can't imagine that, of course, all of us don't need that regularly. So as we go forward, as we continue to talk about this framework of holiness, we've talked about anxiety, we've talked about aspects of pride and what that means and what we have to do. But as we close out this idea in this series here on in letting out the spirit within, I'd kind of ask all of us to consider what are inlets worth in our lives? The reality is they're worth maybe everything because without them, the very most important things in our lives will suffer. And in fact, we will suffer too. And as I mentioned before, I really think that one of the greatest gifts that we can give people is the gift of our striving to flourish. No matter where you're at listening, you may think, Flourishing seems like the furthest thing away, but regardless of where you are at in your life, I would really argue that even striving to flourish in a greater way, even through repeated failures, and striving to let out that spirit within has more of a positive effect than you'll ever know. And so let's look for those inlets. Let's consider the ways that we can pursue those inlets, maybe develop something new, maybe connect with others as we let out that spirit within Hope you all have a great week. This is Jim Schrader. Be holy, be whole.